Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio. Our heroes found the Red Wizard performing acts of necromancy deep within the Phylon Crypts. After hearing all about his future career goals, the party quickly found themselves completely surrounded by the undead. A sense of dread overtook our party as the thoughts of their certain demise came upon them as quickly as the animated bones of the long-dead Phylons. But this is the moment that clerics are born for, and Jake control-clicked the skeletons and their clickety bones ran from Agma's divine radiance. But they would need more than just prayers to beat the Red Wizard. Elric was soon in trouble, and Esmir had to go hand-to-hand to protect her paralyzed tutelage. Yearbooks were signed, death sandwiches were made, Mofos were dusted with a flurry of blades, and big moments were ruined. The epic battle raged on, and Jake, clinging to life, seemed impervious to the skeleton's attacks. But alas, he was not invincible, and Sigar Grin's magic missiles took him down. And with their blessings gone and their cleric near death, the rest of the party surged to action and finally defeated all of the undead Phylons and scared away the Red Wizard. Newly revived and once again barely clinging to life, Jake, of course, cannot contain his voracious hunger for knowledge. So what does he do? He opens Sega's tome and kaboom! What the hell is going on? What is Prince Spaghetti Knight and who is this Anthony guy? Where are all these random fluids coming from? And will Jake remember to pay back Cullen for the healing potion? Well, I doubt it, because that guy can't remember nothing. But who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge and the Sword Coast. Cullen, Elric, and Esmir, you all watch as Jake walks up to the stone pedestal and opens the Red Wizard's spellbook. And you watch as a ball of fire explodes from its pages and engulfs almost the entire crypt. Cullen, Elric, and Jake, roll a dexterity check, and Jake, okay. roll with disadvantage. Oh, because I'm holding the freaking thing. Oh, bummer. Dexterity saving throw. 18. Jesus. It does. 19. Oh, shit. I rolled a 2, a 4. I had a 10. That's not good. And my yeah, dexterity is not that bad. I know, especially with my whopping six points of life left. <laughs> Freaking die again. Esmir, <laughs> the force of the explosion, it billows your cloak, but you are out of the blast radius. Mm. Elric. Your instincts and reflexes kick in, and you you dive to the ground. Whoa. The blast flies over you and singes your cloak. Now, Cullen, you're not as quick. 
and you get caught in the blast and it sends you flying back and slamming onto the ground. And Jake, you saw the explosion, the, the fireball forming in the rune, but it was too late. The force of the blast sends you flying back through the air and you slam into a sarcophagus and you and Cullen both take 14 points of fire oh damage. Oh my God. Kablam. Burning pages from the book flutter around the crypt and as the dust and debris settle, Elric and Esmir, you look out and see that Cullen and Jake are not moving. I'm dead again. Well, you succeeded in killing well, me. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into Jake's backpack and take his healing potion and give it to him. Okay. El, Elric, you go take care of your buddy over there. See if you can give him one. All right. I'll reach into Cullen's fuzzy sporan, his warmer sporan, <laughs> or whatever. His neosporan. Pull it out. Give him some neosporan. And pull out his healing potion. Okay, so you guys go over to Cullen and Jake. You brush off the char and dust and burning embers uh, off of them, and you reach into their packs, pull out a potion of healing, and pour it down their throats. And a moment later, their eyes flash open, and they cough and sputter back to life. I'm up to eight. Woohoo. We're up to critical. I think we need a long rest. <laughs> I say, Jake. What did I say about evil tomes? <laughs> Nothing but trouble. It was a book. What would Jake do? <laughs> well, I would like to prepare for a long rest, whatever that would take. I can't deal with this, people. <laughs> I would like to check this room for swag. That's not a bad idea. And maybe the skeletons had some jewelry on them or something. Can anybody bar a door? I, yeah, so I think we you know, take a long rest. I think that would be a good idea. Bar the door from the inside and... Um, are these coffins, are these things that we see along the walls, are they movable? Uh, the coffins are not movable, um, but you know, they had those, uh, the stone tops, stone uh, and they're all yeah. laying on the floor. So could we stack up some tops in front of the doors, maybe? Yeah, door? it would take some effort, but yeah, but yeah, you could lean them up to barricade the door, sure. I'll set an alarm, too. Okay. Where do you want to place the alarm? I'm going to put it outside the door in the square right here. And then I'm going to make it... Uh, I'm going to make it a silent alarm. Okay. So it's going to go ping in my mind. Okay, And then cool. I'm going to also... I'm going to tell AC. AC, come here, buddy. There's a creep, you know, that red wizard guy, that creepy guy? You gotta keep an eye out for him, okay? And since you don't need to sleep, you're gonna stay up all night. You're gonna watch over us, okay, buddy? So are we gonna do a watch, or are you guys just all gonna crash? I think since it's a small room, AC could just keep watch. Okay, and you have the alarm spell that'll wake you up if someone passes yeah, through Yeah, and it. so in case the wizard, like, poofs himself into the room, AC's gonna make a lot of noise. He's gonna go, hoo-hoo! Like that. Okay. <laughs> hoo -hoo. Hoo. All right, so you guys prepare to take a long rest in this crypt here uh, while the boys are moving the heavy uh, stone coffin lids to barricade the entrance. Uh, Esmir pulls out her ritual supplies and performs the alarm ritual and sets an alarm outside the door. 
And while you guys are doing these tasks, you also search the room, right? Assuming that these noble ladies were buried with some riches, perhaps the Phyland family jewels, uh, but you find nothing of the kind, right? If they were buried with anything of value in here, um, it's already been pilfered. Uh, but you do discover who was buried here, because the stone pedestals all have names engraved on them. And as you're going through them, uh, you read them. Uh, and one says, Namiani, mother of Bartos. Another says, Nidura, wife of Bartos. Uh, Urta, first wife of Urtos the first. Laitisi, wife of Urtos the second. Rayata, daughter. And Bartos, first son of Urtos the first. But all these stone coffins are empty now. Their previous inhabitants are just scattered bones on the floor of the crypt here. So oh. plenty of room in these coffins to take your long rest. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I'm laying on the floor. I'm not laying in a coffin. I'm not getting in one of those. You sure? Plenty of room to stretch out in there. No, but you know what I will do? I'm going to take my little uh, my lectern. I'm going to put some incense in it. And I'm going to light it up. And I'm going to like bless each of the coffins in the inside get the evil sickness out of it stinking the place up <laughs> so you pace around the room domini, domini. exactly Swinging domini, 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 domini. it's more like agmini agmini domini agmini well, at least it will freshen up the room a little bit it won't have that uh, <laughs> yeah it really we ancient all stench pretty bad exactly <laughs> i got some like sandalwood oh <laughs> <laughs> nog chopper <laughs> oh wait, Esmir! Before before we took our long rest, Esmir took all the little pieces of paper left over from the spells that she's never going to learn, and she made a little pillow out of it. At least it'll be good for something. <laughs> and then I looked over at Jake, <laughs> <laughs> and I roll my eyes. You better roll them back into your head. It was a book. <laughs> He's a book junkie. It was a book. He's a book junkie. All right, so you guys uh, settle down in this ancient crypt and take a long rest. And the eight hours go by uneventfully. No red wizards pop in. The alarm doesn't go off. Uh, no one comes looking. So uh, you guys are all rested and healed up. Cool. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna have to conjure Ray Ray back again. Come on, okay. Ray Ray. So you Do pull it. out your ritual supplies during the rest here uh, and perform the fine familiar ritual. Come on, Ray Ray. And after about an hour, a portal opens up and out pops Ray Ray. Is it the next day? Um, yeah, because this is your first uh, long rest since you arrived here this morning. Ooh. You've taken some short rest, but this is your first long rest. You know what that means, guys. It's time for Esmir to pull out her gray bag of tricks. Dun, dun, dun. What's going to be, guys? Wheezy? Badge, badge, boar, boar? Giant bat. Badge, badge. We don't spend enough time with that rat. Wheezy. Go, badge, badge. I've got a copper on badge, badge. Copper on badge, badge? I got a copper okay. on Wheezy. Wheezy? Okay. I'm going to go giant rat. We haven't spent enough time with him. Wheezy! I flip a copper to Colin. Remember, gambling is not very good. <laughs> gambling is for fools. 
<laughs> Unless you win, and then it's okay, a good thing. Okay. Fool's game. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna roll my portent too. Esmeralda is going to close her eyes and she's gonna think about what is to come, what may may be coming. She does the hokey pokey. She turns herself around. Twelve. Okay. Twelve is a boring number. And a one. Ooh, Ooh, that's helpful. Nice. Ooh, someone's going to have a bad day. <laughs> and it's going to be us. <laughs> Poor sap. I don't know who you are, but when I see you, I'll know. All right. What do you guys want to do? It's time to finish exploring this dungeon. That's right. We want to take the middle route going south. Right? Uh-huh. So we got to go back through the casket room. Okay, guys, but wait. Back down the hall and take the first left. Guys, we have to be on alert, high alert, because there's no, there's nothing saying the Red Wizzy's not coming back. That's true. I hope he does come back. I'm gonna finish my job and take his head off. That guy was His disappearing act, very irritating. So you guys move the stone coffin lids away from the entrance, and you open the crypt door. And you look out into the dark servant's crypt. All seems quiet. I'm going to light my torch. My drift globe is lit. Come on, guys. Let's, let's go explore the dungeon. All right, let's go. I'm going to go first. 20 foot radii of light around me. Okay. Just going to walk out into the middle of this room. That's me. Oop, sorry, bro. Don't move me, bro. Don't move me, bro. <laughs> Dude. And I shall follow in his firelight. I will walk out there. I'm over here with all the critters. Come on, Ray Ray. Where did you move me? I was standing right there. I didn't move you. <laughs> no, Jake did. No, I did not. I was standing right by that column, and then... I didn't move you. I moved me. You guys want to get a room or something? We got a room. Shut up. We're exploring the dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys head out, and you slowly make your way through the shattered coffin pieces and the bones and skulls that litter the floor of this servant's crypt, and you make your way past the three tombs that you discovered uh, earlier that were missing the Phylon lords that were buried there long ago. And Esmir's not religious. I'm not a religious person, but I think it's really gross making dead people come back to life. It's really hmm. rude. Yes. I don't like that. Neither do I. It's creepy and gross. There's nothing more heinous than the undead, you're saying. <laughs> and you stop... Uh, in the marble-lined vestibule right next to Bartos Phylon's tomb uh, to the north of you there. Uh, To the west is the path that would lead you back to the dungeon entrance, right, where you guys came in. And to the south, uh, there is an unexplored hallway that leads into darkness. I'm going to move south further down the hallway another 20 feet. I want to look up into the ceiling as we move along, make sure that there's no trap Cap's going to fall, if that's possible to see. Okay. You turn south and cautiously start heading down this brick-lined hall. You brush past ancient cobwebs, 
keeping an eye out for possible traps. And ahead, you begin to see that this hall opens up into another room. Um, is my mage armor still working? No, it has worn off over your long rest. Can I, can I cast mage armor on myself? Yep. Just check off the spell slot. I don't want to die. So you enter this dark room. An unlit bronze brazier stands in the northeast corner. Along the western wall is a dust-covered stone bench. On the bench sit several clay plates, bowls, and urns. At the southeast corner, a hallway leads out of this room to the east. Hmm. Well, I want to... I was going to roll history or arcana or something to figure out if I know what the significance of the plates and the bowls is. Sure, go for it. I'll do history, I guess. 19, 20. Okay, so with that roll, you immediately recognize the, the, the purpose of this room. Uh, you've seen something similar in the Dungeons of Raven's home when you and Elric would, uh, you know, you'd sneak off and explore. Uh, it is a cleansing room. This is where they would prepare the dead for burial. So these objects are uh, what they would use to wash the bodies on the bench there. Mm. I want to go over here and inspect the urns and things. Okay. Are there any markings on these plates or the urn? So you go over to the bench and you take okay. a look at the these assorted, uh, this earthenware. You blow the dust off of them and you find that they are just plain uh, clay plates, bowls, okay. nothing special about So the urns are just used to carry the water for cleansing and stuff, not for right. mm-hmm. putting anything into it. Okay. Okay. Um, does... Can uh, Esmir uh, looks around to see if she sees any footprints or any recent, like, it, does it look like anyone's been in this room recently? Except for two bumbling Albonians. Go ahead and roll a survival check. Uh, you don't find anything other than your own party's footprints in the dust. Hmm. You know, I had a similar thought. If anybody's been in this room recently, let me see what my survival um, reveals, if anything. Ah, 20. Wow. Nat 20. Natural. Okay. So, Cullen, you get close to the floor, you bring your torch down there, you look, and you find other footprints that are not your parties, and they're fresh, and they head into the hallway that leads east. This is where that red wizard ran. Well... What do they look like, boy? Do they look like shoes, or do they look like clawed feet? Do they have that RW on them? <laughs> the voice in my head is not giving me that information. They are human-sized, yes. They are human-sized feet. Is this the brazier? That is the brazier, yes. Esmer's going to touch the brazier. Okay, and you get a bunch of dust and charcoal on your hands. It's not warm. It is not warm. Mmm. Good call, though. I say we move forward cautiously. Yes, I agree. I will step forward another ten feet. I will move next to Cullen. Okay, so you three 
uh, exit the cleansing room, and you quickly see that this hallway turns to the south. I will move here and peer down. Do the footprints continue down the hallway? Yes, they continue down this hallway, and you look further down and see uh, that the hall only goes for about another 20 feet, and then it ends with a door. Hmm. I'm going to stealthily approach the can, door. Uh, can Azmir say, guys, hold on one sec. Something's really scratching my ass over here. Can I go over here? Maybe it's your weasel. And, and see, I want to inspect the wall back here. Okay. Roll a... Uh, perception. Perception, yep. Yeah. 16. Ooh, that's not bad. Okay. So, Esmir, you're standing in the middle of this cleansing chamber, uh, looking around, right? And you watch as the boys uh, head out down the hall, when you notice that there is something off about the southern wall and that short uh, northern wall there. Hmm. Huh. I knew it! And something was scratching my eyes. Hey, guys, get back here. All right, I'll go back. Okay, All so right. don't do anything crazy yet. <laughs> I need you guys to inspect these walls and see what you see. All right. So you guys uh, hear Esmir call out and you come back into the chamber uh, to see what she's going on about. Uh, she tells you that she's got a feeling about uh, these walls. Something's off. Uh, so everyone roll perception if you want to take a look uh, to see if you can help her uh, figure it out. And Esmir, you can go ahead and roll again uh, to take a closer look. Uh, 12. 16. 12. Another 12. 19. Okay, so Jake and Elric, you look around and you don't see anything strange. You're not sure what she's talking about. It's just a wall. Huh. Uh, but Cullen and Esmir, you plainly see that something's off about the masonry work in here. And you have both discovered secret doors. Ah. I know it. Mm. Guys, you can't just be running through dungeons without checking stuff. Jeez. <laughs> so, Cullen... Uh, you see that the secret door in front of you looks just like a normal-sized door, uh, you know, that you'd walk through. Uh, but Esmir, uh, the secret door you found is small. It's mm. like uh, three foot by three foot, and it's about four feet off the ground. Okay. It's like a secret medicine cabinet. <laughs> how do you see, do I just, how do, what do I roll to figure out how to open it? You can roll an, uh, an investigation check. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, my investigation's not too swell. I have a negative one. <laughs> Mine is zero. My investigation is a plus two. I got a 22. Yours is a plus two? Yeah. Just show me where to look, Colin, and I'll look. Right over here, right next to you. Over to your right. No, a little down. Okay. A little up. A little over to so the right. So I go over and I just place my palm on Elric's head and say... I give you guidance, boy. Investigation, here we go. Ooh, Ooh it's still spinning. Ah, <laughs> oh, one. <laughs> Thirteen. Damn. Okay, so, Esmir, you easily find it with a 22. Uh, Elric, uh, it takes you a moment, but uh, 13 is exactly what you needed. Oh, okay. So, you both find a stone that slides open, mm. and it reveals uh, a cavity in the wall. And you look in and see 
like a mechanism with gears and tumblers and small little levers, uh, but unfortunately, it seems to have disintegrated with age. Uh, the gears and stuff in, uh, inside uh, there are not working properly. They're kind of stuck, right? Mm. So if you want to open these doors, you're going to have to get in there and fiddle with them. Oh. Well, I have lockpick skills. Would that help? Uh, yeah. You can use your thieves' tools to help you reach in there and finagle with the mechanisms and stuff. Uh, but remember, you need to use your knowledge of the, uh, the ages if you want to have proficiency. That's right. So that's exactly what I was just going to say, that I want to make myself proficient. So I'm going to tap into my... I'm tapping into my, divi my divine well of knowledge, Yoshi, to give myself proficiency with my lockpicking tool, Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Let me stand back out of your way. Do so. I need a little bit of elbow room, you'll say. Surely, my elder tutor, you can figure this out. Ooh, 16. 13 nice. plus 3. Okay. You hear a satisfying click as the gears catch, and then the stone shifts a little bit, uh, as you have now successfully unlocked the secret door. Ooh. Come over here, open this one. <laughs> That's what I was gonna see if I can do it. Could I do it twice? Yeah, knowledge of the ages lasts for 10 minutes. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try this other door. Oh, oh boy. Oh. A seven is not gonna unlock it. Oh. Dang. I got a feeling Ugh. something valuable behind that little medicine cabinet door. Yeah, me too. Um, so how do we how do we do this now? Like, do is anybody else have an ability to open this thing? Well, it's a matter of getting in there and like fixing it, right? So other party members can make a dexterity check uh, to reach in there and try and wiggle the widgets correctly. Elric, get in there and wiggle the widgets. Okay. Use your fickle finger of fate. I will go up to the northern. Jiggle it. Cupboard or whatever door. Do it. And dexterity checks. So I'm going to go to main. Elric, this uh, might be a good time for some help from the old twinkling pipe weed that you bought. Mm, yeah. Good idea. Okay, I'll smoke Let's a little. Let's smoke a bowl yeah. and contemplate the luck mechanism. <laughs> good thinking. You see things differently when you're on a twinkling pipe weed. <laughs> All right, so since this is the first time it's being used, uh, let me go over the properties real quick. Yeah. Uh, so when you take a puff of the old twinkling pipe weed, uh, you pick an ability and mm -hmm. then you'll have advantage on all rolls that rely on that ability for one minute. Uh, but remember, you will also suffer disadvantage on all other ability checks. Okay. Like you're really good at making grilled cheeses, <laughs> but then everything else just you suck. But at. you really suck at being social <laughs> <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> Smoke a bowl of twinkling pipe weed. I check that off. Sweet. I can't believe we're encouraging them to do this. Well, I hear that it's going to be legal in Albion next year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, just dexterity, just straight dexterity ability roll, right? Just grab that and roll yep. that over. But don't forget advantage, because you're feeling pretty good right now. Advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I got this, bro. Nice. Nineteen. Twenty. Twenty. You're like, I got it, dude. It's this little widget right here. It's just this little and uh, you hear a click and then a rumble, 
and then a stone slab slides open. Nice. And I go up and I try to give him like an old man high five, you know, with my fingers <laughs> all like stuck together and and like really tense. It's like my hand shaking. Groovy, boy, groovy, they say. <laughs> all the kids are saying these days. And then we go to high five, but we miss. <laughs> He gives me a high five. I try to give him a fist bump. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. It's a fist bump nowadays. And behind the slab, you see an alcove. Huh? And inside it sits a large bronze bowl uh, that is embellished with semi-precious stones, rare pigments, and gold leaf. Right? And around it are images that depict a figure in armor wielding a battle axe and uh, he's watching humans hunting wolves. And you see what looks like several wolves impaled on spears. And you also see that inside this large bowl, there seems to be about you know, five pints of what looks like water. Hmm. Take a sip, see what happens. <laughs> Let's not. It's hunting juice. Okay. Take a swig. Um. Surely it makes your, your hunting better. <laughs> Let me check it out. Can I look at it? Yes, I want Esmir to check it. I want Esmir to check it out. Should I use my history? Well, what is it that you're trying to figure out? I want to know if I know what that bowl is and what might be in it. Okay. To figure out what's in the bowl, make a nature check. So I got 16. Okay. Now make a religion check. 14. All right, so you examine this bowl and you recognize the watcher, uh, the figure holding the battle axe, uh, as the deity Tempest, the lord of battle, the god of war. And you know uh, that his dogma is all about honorable battle, forbidding cowardice, and encouraging the settling of disputes through fighting. All right, and that reminds you that you remember seeing a temple to Tempest in Daggerford. Now, the liquid inside is water, but seeing as it's in this religious bowl, hidden away in a secret cabinet, uh, in a cleansing chamber, uh, you deduce that this is holy water. Hmm. So it's just water is what you're saying. Interesting. No, <laughs> holy water. Right, so it's just water. No, it's holy water. <laughs> That's me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I pull out my little vial and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the bowl and I'm looking at my vial and I'm looking at the bowl. Tempest water versus Agba water, you see. I wonder. Oh. So what do I know about at holy water other than I think that it's just water? Apparently nothing. <laughs> well, you know that holy water is water that is imbued with holy radiance. So uh, it can be used against creatures that are vulnerable to radiant damage. Okay. Undead. Ooh, like the undead, yeah. Vampires. Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to take this holy water, uh, you have to have something to put it in. All right. Guys, does anybody have something to put I have this? have an empty healing flask. That's perfect. One flask will hold one pint of holy water. So you should have enough between you guys to take all this holy water. So you dip your empty potion bottles into the bowl and glug, 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 glug. You fill them up. And I'll give everyone one flask of holy water. 
And I'll give the fifth one uh, to Jake, since he's the holy man, and he's always splashing it around. Nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. I wonder if the bowl can be refilled and we can make more. So as an action, you can splash the holy water onto a creature within five feet of you, or you can throw it uh, up to 20 feet and shatter, uh, shattering it on impact. And the target, uh, if the target is a fiend or undead, it takes 2d6 radiant damage. Ooh, sweet. So I was going to take the bowl out and tell Elric about... Tempest, because I think Elric okay. would think a Tempest is cool. Yeah. Got a and, uh, you don't think Jake, the seeker of knowledge, would think that Tempest is cool? Well, <laughs> you probably wouldn't appreciate him because he's a deity of some other type of deity. But, but yes, you would think he was interesting, but I thought El Elric would especially think he's interesting because of his ideologies. Can I listen in too? <laughs> Maybe. Your dogma Maybe is not. counter to this dogma. I don't care. I want to learn, you see. Okay. So. I want to open this door. So we take the bowl, right? Okay. Hey. Um, should we put it in? Who's going to carry the bowl? Elric, you take the bowl. I can carry it or you can carry it. I'll carry it. Okay. Oh, so you're not going to tell us now? You're just going to leave us hanging? Oh, it's I. I was just what Mark's what the DM said about it. I was gonna impart that into Elric. Okay. It just sounded like something Elric would be think was cool. Is it okay if we open this door over here? I walk. I walk over to the door. I roll my eyes. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> okay. Open the door. I'm going to approach the door and listen. I get a one which is turned to a three because I have a bonus. You sprain your ear. I hear nothing. You you hear Jake <laughs> breathing heavily behind you. Yeah. Hurry up and open it, boy. Oh, okay. So I give it a, a gentle shove, just enough energy for it to slowly swing open. Okay. Or so you back. slowly push the secret door open and it slowly grinds open. <laughs> a faint bitter smell emanates from beyond the door and you take a peek in. Your torchlight illuminates a square chamber with walls of hewn stone. Along the east wall stands a stone table. On it sits a brass cone and a crystal vial filled with a strange purple liquid. Across from that, near the western wall, stands a stone pedestal, and upon it sits a human skull, black as the night sky. Ooh, I just wizard things. I'll not touch it. Let's go in. Be my guest. Look, Esmia. Okay, I'm gonna go in. So this cone, I'm just gonna look at it, and I'm going to look around it. I'm not gonna pick it up. I just want to look around it. Elric, what are you doing? I'm going to walk into the room as well. Um, I'm going to investigate the skull. It's on the smaller square. Nope. I'm just going to hang out here by the door in case something terrible happens. All right. So as the three of you walk into this room. Oh, oh boy. Jesus. Here it comes. <laughs> I love it. When this <laughs> Suddenly, jets of fire shoot out of the skull's eyes, engulfing this chamber in flames. Everyone in the room, roll a dexterity saving throw. Am I still uh, under the influence of the twinkling pipe weed? 
You are, so you get advantage. <laughs> Good Whoa, job. Bro. Far out, man. So a dexterity save uh, at advantage. Here we go. Oh, 19 and a 20. Sweet, a natural 20, dude. That is some good shit, man. <laughs> I, roll, I rolled a 16. So let me ask you this. Is this a saving throw against a spell or other magical effect? Um, Yeah, it is. So you can roll with advantage because you're spell guard shield. So I would click advantage and I'm rolling a what? Dex? Dexterity saving throw. Not a check, but a saving throw. Why did it roll two? Because it's advantage. Oh, because it was a uh, drop the four. 18. Okay, so you guys walk into this secret chamber to see what's going on in here, when suddenly jets of fire shoot out of the skull like a like a flamethrower right at you guys. Uh, but you guys are ready for a trap. Uh, Esmir ducks under the fiery jet. Uh, Elric's, you know, still feeling the twinkle and groovily <laughs> dodges out of the way. And Jake uh, brings up his spell guard shield and deflects the magical flames. All right, everyone, roll initiative. Oh no. Oh. Now, Elric, the springing of this flame trap has immediately, uh, you know, sobered you back up. Okay. So the effects of the twinkling pipeweed have worn off, yeah. and now all uh, your yeah. rolls are going to be back to normal. Okay. Okay. Cool. Nine. Sixteen. Fifteen. Nineteen. All right, so Esmir, your uh, short stature may have helped <laughs> you here, as the flames shoot right over your head. You're first. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, I'm just going to, just to see what happens, because I'm not quite sure what we're dealing with here, I'm going to shoot a firebolt at it, even though it's fire. Okay. <laughs> um, where, where, how, is it trap? Is it the square that says trap? Yes. I rolled a seven plus six is 13. That hits it. Okay. And then let's see what the damage does. Nice. Ooh. Did it resist it at all? It resisted it completely. Completely. Okay. That's what I thought. So your fire your firebolt just hits it and then just wraps around it and dissipates. Like yeah. nothing ever happened. That's what I thought. You can't fight fire with fire, silly <laughs> gnome. Dum dum. I thought the expression was fight uh, fire with fire. No. Anyway. I just made up my own. Okay, and then I'm going to I'm going to go into the square and I'm going to crouch down. All right, Esmir shoots back her own fire and then takes cover under the stone table. Now, Jake, uh, there's a trap in this chamber, a flame shooting skull. You're next, what are you gonna do? I'm going to jump and roll into this square here. (laughs) And as I come up, I'm going to grab my mace from my cloak and I'm going to thwack it onto the skull. Thwack! Oh, and with a five plus four is only a nine, and I hit. You hit it. Wow. It's just a skull sitting on a pedestal. Holy cow. It's not trying to get out of your way. (laughs) So it will do 1d6 plus two bludgeoning. Oh, and a whopping one gives the three points. All right, you hit it, and it part of the skull chips off. You do three points of damage. All right, Elric, 
Jake has just tucked and rolled and he's popped up next to you and he whacks this skull on the on the on the skull. On he whacks the skull on the skull <laughs> with the mace. What are you gonna do? Okay. I got it selected as if he were um, an an enemy. I'm just gonna use my glaive. I'm not gonna use any spell. I only got three spell slots, so I gotta be very careful about when and where I use my spells. Okay. Uh, very good. I taught him that. So let me just give him the glaive. So here we go. You guys, good thing you, you guys are rolling really low. Good thing it's just a stationary skull, yeah. not a, a moving target. Yeah, damage eight. All right, you take a big chip out of this skull there. Now the bonus action, yeah, bonus butt into my grave. Hit. Damage. Ah, finally. Now destroy it. All right, the back end of your glaive comes down hard and smashes it. Uh, the skull shatters into pieces, and then you watch as those pieces turn into ash. And then from outside, Cullen pokes his head in. What's going on in there? <laughs> no, I say, see, now that's why I don't run into rooms anymore. Uh, since like when? <laughs> since right now. <laughs> so now can I go back over to this table and not pick anything up? I just want to inspect it with my eyeballs. <laughs> the little cone thing. The cone of shame. What Okay, so you take a look at this brass object uh, and you realize that it's an incense burner uh, that's in the shape of a sharp-toothed maw, right? And within it, you would burn the incense. Uh, And it's pretty nice. You could probably fetch, I don't know, 25 gold pieces for it. Yeah. Or you could use it for, you know, burning incense during a ritual or something like that. Hey, that's cool. Esmir, and I flipper the maw. (laughs) Check out these choppers. Is that you, Ma? <laughs> hey, Ma. Hey, Ma. I think I found your dentures, Ma. Oh, Mom's got some bad teeth. And also on the table is a crystal vial, and it's filled with a dense purple liquid. And floating in this purple liquid is uh, like a pink oval-shaped uh, like cloud. Ha! Huh. Interesting. How do we figure out what this is? Give it to the weasel. <laughs> wheeze, wheeze. I have a jumbly roll my arcana. Sure. Yes. Yes. Better Let me see idea. that, okay? Before you choke, go drinking it or something. I got a 19. It looks like Pepto-Bisbal floating in grape juice, you see. <laughs> Okay, so Esmir, you go up to this vial and you examine it, and taking a closer look at it, you can see that the pink cloud floating inside the inside the bottle there kind of looks like a brain, and you immediately know that this is a potion of mind reading. Ooh. Mm. No, I say, I say, oh, guys, this is a potion of mind reading. So So we can't use it on Jake. (laughs) Oh, that was funny. (laughs) So, Esmir, uh, you know that this is a rare potion. uh, And you know that when you drink it, uh, you will gain the effects of the detect thought spell uh, as if you cast it. Okay, so Esmir takes the vial and she looks around at everybody as she slides it into her inside pocket. Well, it's only fair. You knew what it was. <laughs> so I want to look at 
I want to look at the walls. Is that everything in this room? Everyone who's in here and looking around, uh, go ahead and make a perception check. Ooh. And I roll... 19. 18. 20. Ooh, I got a nat 20. You have Wait. a plus 6 to perception. That was weird. I do. Wow. Oh, no, I rolled a 3. All right, so you guys look around this room. Jake, you rolled a 26, and you find nothing out of the ordinary, uh, nothing out of place. Cool. Okay. I'm guessing there's nothing in this room. I'm guessing you're right. I scooch out. Yeah. I'm out of this I room. I will scooch out as well. I will scooch out and stand next to Jake. I'm going to go ahead and go back to the door that we discovered. Okay. And wait for uh, company. Well, we'll all follow. All right, so you guys take the hallway out of the cleansing room and you turn south and quickly come to a a wooden door, uh, banded in iron. On the door is a faded uh, painting of a blazing sword on a red shield. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to stealthily approach the door and listen at the door. 15 on my perception as I listen at the door. Do I hear any anything untoward? Okay, you put your ear up to the door uh, and it seems quiet, though you think you hear the sound of running water. Could it be a well? Ooh. No. So I'm going to check the door for any kind of traps or hidden mechanisms or anything else that might harm me should I open it. 18. Nice. You don't find any traps. So I guess I'll try to open it with stealth. It hasn't worked so far, but there's a first time for everything. Eight. It wasn't very stealthy. (laughs) (laughs) So you pull up on the latch to open the door, uh, but it's a little rusty and stuck, uh, and it makes a loud noise when it unlatches and echoes down the hall. Okay, well then, then I'll just... I'll stay it off to one side and push it open so I'm not standing right in front of it. Okay, you push open the door a bit and you all suddenly hear the sound of running water. And Cullen, you see darkness on the other side of the door. Okay, I'll peek in with my torch. You peek in and your torchlight illuminates a perfectly round room. Dividing this room in half is a three foot wide stream Water pours out of a small hole in the eastern wall and flows out of another hole on the western wall. And in the center of this stream, uh, in this room, is a pool, a round pool, that is about 10 feet in diameter. On the other side of this pool is a stone pedestal carved with the image uh, of a blazing sword on a shield. And the shield is flanked by a pair of war horses. Standing atop this pedestal is a statue of a helmeted warrior in battered plate mail. Uh, The figure's hands rest on the haft of a notched battle axe. And you recognize this figure uh, from the bowl of holy water. This is Tempest, the Lord of Battles. Uh, Standing in front of this pedestal and statue are three armored soldiers. They stand at attention with their hands on the hilts of their swords, as if waiting for commands from the god of war behind them. 
And as you look around the room's circling wall, you see bas-reliefs carved in the stone uh, that de uh, depict various hunts. One section portrays humans hunting a boar. Uh, you see another that shows uh, an owlbear hunt. Uh, and you get the feeling that you have discovered the Phylon's shrine to Tempest. So it's a statue of Tempest. It's a statue of Tempest. Huh. Well, huh. All right, I step back out of the doorway and I turn to my compatriots. There's a large circular chamber with a stream running through it. And in the middle of the pool, is a, on the other side of the pool, is a statue of Tempest three flanking guards. So I wonder if this is kind of some kind of like a cleansing room type of a thing where they would go um, almost bathe in this thing. Are the, are the inlets and outlets to these to this water, is that big enough for a person? No. That's what I was going to ask. No? No. Mm-mm. I'm going to step into the room and go to the pool and l inspect the water and, and use, you know, my hearing and my sight and my sense of smell, I guess, and see if anything seems out of the ordinary. Okay. Roll survival. Just survival? All right. My survival's not so, so good. 17. Ooh. Nice. Okay. So you enter the shrine and make your way to the edge of the pool, and you crouch down to take a closer look at the water. And you look in, and you see your reflection looking back at you uh, in this clear pool. And you discover that it is fresh water from an underground stream that flows through this shrine. Ooh. I was going to take an, a deep drink and see if how fresh it is. Okay, you scoop some up in your hands and take a drink, and boy, it's refreshing. That's some cool, clean water. <laughs> I'm going to fill up my Boda bag, as long as we're here. <laughs> I guess that I will fill up mine as well. Fill up my, my skin. Okay. And I want, though, to... Can I step... Can I jump over that thing so I can inspect the uh, statue? Yep. So you hop across the stream, and when you land on the other side... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here goes Jake. <laughs> I told you about the three guards by the statue, you right? You all hear, uh, from behind the statue, a familiar voice. So you survive the skeletons. Oh, no! Unbelievable. Jeez. Yeah, here he goes again. Did you by any chance uh, bring my spell book with you? Your book's a pile of ashes, you hack. I was afraid that's what that loud explosion was. Wow, you guys are real adventuring pros, huh? <laughs> We're not the ones hiding. Are you going to fight fair this time? Yeah, little, baby. little hooded red man? You tattooed freak. <laughs> you want to fight fair, cleric? That's an excellent idea. Let me introduce you to the rest of my team, the great lords of Phyland, who, thanks to me, have rejoined the living as dread warriors. And you look over at the three figures standing in front of the statue, uh, and with Elric's drift globe lighting up the shrine, you can now clearly see, uh, emblazoned on their armor, the wolf's head with a spear through its ears. 
and then from the eye sockets in their helms, a red glow begins to emanate. Violence, prove your worth to your new master and destroy these insolent fools. <laughs> Roll initiative. Oh boy, should have uh, taken a closer look at those guys instead of the water. The water. <laughs> <laughs> these dead, dread warriors look menacing. Ain't got a good feeling about this. They are called dread warriors. Yeah, I know, so that's what I'm you, saying. They probably not, should look they're menacing. They're not happy-go-lucky warriors or <laughs> sort of impressive warriors or marginally cool warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we leave our heroes in great peril. This time, going face to face with three dread warriors. And not to mention, they still have that red wizard to deal with. How will they do it? Can you fight fire with fire or not? I thought you could. What is Pepto-Bismol? And why would it be floating in grape juice? Is holy water just water? Will Jake succeed in killing everyone in the next episode? Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Rogue Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. So, after some more exploration under Phyland Lodge, our party have, once again, found the Red Wizard. Uh, this time, though, the party's rested up, but so's the Red Wizard. All right, so I'd like to take a second to say thank you to all of you that have taken a moment to leave us a review. It's great to see all the five-star reviews and to read the nice comments about the show. Uh, not only does it make us feel good, but more importantly, I think it attracts new listeners. Roll Radio's audience is slowly growing day by day, and I believe that the reviews have a lot to do with that. So if you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to support the show by leaving us a review. And if you can go further, please consider becoming a patron and get access to a growing list of bonus content and a lot of fun extras. Head over to RollRadio.com and click the link. And while you're there, click the link to Andrew Capone, who composed and produced the awesome Roll Radio theme. And the link to Sirenscape to see where all the exciting in-game music and sound effects come from. And of course, the link to Wizards of the Coast, where all this Dungeons & Dragons goodness comes from. All right, thanks again for listening, everybody. Tune in next time to witness round two against the Red Wizard of Thay. <laughs> <laughs>